Thank you very much. Do please be seated. You are already seated. I forgot that this isn't an Anglican church. You don't have to tell the people to sit down. They do it willingly. People who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That is a great verse for Advent. And we might well think of it for the people of Zimbabwe. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. My father moved to Ian Smith's Rhodesia in 1976 and then lived through the birth and the hope of a new nation in 1980. Lived until 1993 when he died in the midst of the beginning of the political turmoil which Robert Mugabe began to cause there in uh, Australia we witnessed the amazing sight of the Archbishop of York replacing his dog collar it was an amazing moment I think of history for us all John 12 John 8 verse 12 says Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Well, last year I spoke on this very same day, Advent Sunday evening, and caused a bit of chaos as I asked for all the lights to be put out. And Andrew tried to fix up a light here so that I could see my notes. Tonight the lights have just simply been dimmed. I remember at the end of the um, breakdown of the Soviet Union that it was said that the Russian Orthodox Church had kept the light of the gospel shining during the dark years of communism. And I suppose we would like to pay testimony to the church in Zimbabwe and the Christians there who, through thick and thin, (coughs) kept the light of hope shining. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Later on, Jesus said, on the same occasion, (coughs) if you hold to my teaching, (coughs) you really are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. (coughs) I'm so sorry about the coughing. So I suppose my two questions for us tonight, at the beginning of Advent 2017, What does it mean to walk in the light? And what does it mean to do God's will? (coughs) Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And yet we know that many people who follow Jesus live their lives in what looks to us like darkness. 
(coughs) We need to think back to Genesis chapter 1. The very first words that the Lord God spoke were, Let there be light. And there was light. And then Paul was to say later, God who said, Let there be light, has shone in our hearts to show us the face of Christ Jesus and his glory. How marvelous is that? It means that the same power that said, Let there be light, and there was light, is that very power that has given you and me faith and light to believe. We take our faith so much for granted without realizing that it is the dunamis, the power of God, which has shone in our hearts, that we might see the glory in the face of Jesus (coughs) and be able to walk in the light. Now in John chapter 1, light is such a theme of John's gospel. (coughs) John 1 said, in him was life, And the life was the light of men. The light that lightens every man who comes into the world. One day, if you really have stopped to think about that, (coughs) it doesn't say the light of those who believe. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The true light that gives light to everyone coming into the world without life there can be no light We just um, give Gay some time to recover. Uh, meanwhile, we'll have some prayers. Um, apologies if I leave anyone in my prayers. I'm still catching up with what has been happening when we were away. Um, so I'll just pray for those that um, I could think of for now. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you because you are a loving God. We thank you because you are the Almighty, the creator of the world. We thank you because you created everything in this world and you saw that it was good. And then you created us, human beings, in your likeliness. You gave us the power to reason, the power to love, and to commune with you. We thank you that you reveal yourself to us. We are your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears, and you love us. You've given us dominion over this world. 
Help us, O oh Lord, to look after it. At this time, we bring people from our congregation who are not feeling well. Some have illnesses that have been causing pain for a long time. Some have carers that have been looking after them and need your strength. So we commit Hayden before you. We commit Rob Robinson, Joyce Yam, Helen Bison, and we also pay for Gay, who when she left before traveling to South Africa was not feeling well, and even up to now she hasn't quite recovered. Father, you know there might be some people that we've left out mentioning by name. But we pray that your hand of healing may be upon them. We also commit this church before you. We pray for the various activities that take place throughout the week. We pray for morning for retired day for retired we pray for acorns and the prayer focus we just pray for the leaders of these groups and volunteers that you continue to give them strength and wisdom every week to come and to witness your word. As we enter into this time of Christmas, and as we think about Jesus as the light of the world, help us to be the light of the world as well in our own little ways, whether be it at home, at work, to the people we speak to. Help us to share the word. And so, Lord, we thank you for today and for the opportunity to come and hear your word and fellowship together. And we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's song to sing. So sorry. Perhaps you might pray. I have two weddings to do in the next ten days, and um, I need to be able to speak. So back to uh, John chapter 1. I was trying to say that there can be no life without light. We know that, don't we? When we try and grow something in the dark, it will not grow. But Jesus said this, 
in John chapter 3. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus came unto his own and his own didn't receive him. It's extraordinary, isn't it? You would think that if people were in the dark, they would long for the light. But is it really so? Terry always teases me because I'm not a great fan of overhead lights. And I much love side lights and dim lights and candlelight and ambience. When we go to a restaurant and it's not very light, he wants the lights on, I say, but we're paying for the ambience. I don't think he believes in paying for ambience. So what is it about light and darkness? Darkness hides the dirt, but light reveals it. And we've all known what it is on a lovely sunny day to see the light streaming through the window and to see how dirty the windows are. Or to see all those bits of dust floating in the air. So if you have things in your life that you don't want revealed, well, perhaps a little less light is what you like. Darkness is scattered by light, so people fear it. When we lived in Korea, we lived with cockroaches for a good number of years. And there they all were, scurrying about in our kitchen. And I would go into the kitchen and turn the light on. And all these little things would scatter to the backs of the cupboards, amongst the pots and pans. Because they feared the light, they didn't like it. And the third thing about darkness is it's no match for the light. And the light always wins. That's what Jesus says. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness cannot overcome it. And that should encourage us, because if Jesus is the light of the world, he can never be put out. He can never be extinguished. And that is part of our hope isn't it? And darkness is hazardous. In the darkness we can easily get hurt or lost. And it's frightening as we don't know what's lurking in the darkness. On the other hand, in defense of the darkness, and having come back from Austria, Australia and South Africa, On the other hand, it is only on a really dark night that you can see the stars. And if it wasn't for darkness, from time to time in our lives, we would not appreciate the light. Sometimes it's easier to say what you feel in the dark, don't you think? It's easier to say what you feel. It's easier to confess to someone you love that you've hurt them. Perhaps it's easier to tell someone you love that you love them in the dark rather than in the light. 
So I love semi-darkness. If you look at the church tonight, it's beautiful, isn't it? You've got semi-darkness. You've got lovely shadows which are thrown by the light. And it is the darkest clouds that reveal the silver lining. And I love that hymn which says, I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the darkness is not vain, that life shall tearless, morn shall tearless be. Jesus said, weeping shall endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And we treasure, don't we, those seasons of darkness which enable us to see the light of of Jesus more clearly. Now, I like the image of myself better in subdued light. I'm not very keen on looking at myself in a mirror when there's a great glare of light coming at me. It reveals far too much. There's nowhere to hide in the light. And when I was thinking about this theme, I was thinking about heaven. Heaven will be full of light. But hallelujah, I will have nothing to hide. And that's lovely, isn't it? For you and I, on the day when we're taken into the presence of the Lord, will be made like him in all his glory and perfection and beauty. And we will dwell and live in the light. Now tonight in this church, as we are here, we live in a world where there are thousands of people longing for the light, but waiting in the darkness. And of course, Advent is all about waiting. Waiting for the Lord to come back again waiting and at the end of the service we're going to listen to a song sung by Amy Grant about that waiting period for Mary and what it meant for her we all know people who are living their lives in fear of death people who are caught up in the hopeless pain or life-threatening illness. Those who are walking in the light in that darkness are sustained by the hope and by the light. We know people who live their lives longing for the oblivion of death because they believe there's nothing after death. No light. Tonight, there are people in captivity and slavery, in loneliness and depression, or homeless. Just the other day, I was watching a film on the television about the desperate plight of the asylum seekers whom we've almost forgotten, who are trapped yet again in the bitter throes of a European winter and the terrible deprivation of the camps or the circumstances in which they live. 
There are those in labour camps in North Korea and political prison cells throughout the world. And then there are those who, for whom this past year has been made bitter by loss, broken relationships, dashed hopes, expectations in pieces. So how do we, in the darkness, walk and wait in the light? The Bible tells us this, in all their affliction, he too was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. There have been some devastating things happening in our world in this last year. Things which people have had to live with, come to terms with, and are still grieving. People of the Grenfell Tower disaster, and many other things which have happened, and we've we we registered them at time, and now we've forgotten them. How wonderful to know that in all their affliction, he too, Jesus, was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. And if you pray, as you watch the news, as I hope you do. Perhaps that's a prayer we could pray. Lord, may the angel of your presence save these people. For we know that underneath are the everlasting arms. When I was a prison chaplain, I used to remind the men in my care, God is not like Cinderella's fairy godmother he doesn't often transform a pumpkin into a golden coach but what he does do is he climbs down into the darkness with us waiting for us to claim his strength to climb back out to the light Just yesterday I was reading this wonderful verse which we all know and are familiar with. Come unto me, all you that are weary and are heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. We live in a world where people are desperate to find an answer, to find rest for their souls. So here's a thought as I close. Even a tiny candle brings light into darkness. We've just had our two small grandsons with us this afternoon. So the place has been a bit chaotic. But when I got their tea, Wilbur insisted I lit a candle. So then there was a scurry around the house looking for something to light the candle with. Eventually found something, lit the candle And it sat there in our brightly lit kitchen. But he loved the candle being lit. If I'd have turned the lights out, he might have liked it even more. Even a tiny candle brings light into darkness. And I want to remind you of a song 
you once knew and used to sing. Not you youngsters, but those of us who are a little older. Because it's a call to us, perhaps, this Advent season. We've lit the first Advent candle. Jesus bids us shine with a pure, clear light. Like a little candle shining in the night. In this world of darkness, how we must shine. You in your small corner and I in mine. May that be true for us in this Advent time as we wait for Christmas and as we wait, more importantly perhaps, for the Lord to come again. Some of us will not live to see the Lord come again, probably, possibly, but we will know his presence as we walk through the valley, whenever that is. May God give us grace to walk in the light and to shine in the darkness. Amen.